Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned Women's UCI Cycling Show. My name is Dan and with me as always to discuss all things um, mountains and cobbles and East German and and cross-bordery and, and commentary and other made-up words is my dear friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. I'm good. We are going to be super fast today. We're going to keep it in under an hour. I swear, because we've got so much racing to talk about. I feel like I say this every week, but we are going to romp through Turingen Rundfahrt and the Benet Ladies Tour. Then I'm going to tell you all about La Course by La Tour de France, which is not a stage race. It's two races that happen around the same time. One of them was on the Col d'Isoire yesterday, and one of them is in the in Marseille, that thing, oh. as Lizzie Armitstead, Lizzie Dagenham described it. I'm going to explain it to you this time. We're, we're going to have such a conversation about what kind of race, stage race, not a stage race it is. Um, but before we get through all of that, we'll also take uh, a bit of time to talk about things that are cycling related, but not racing related, uh, such as Sarah's trip to London to catch up with a whole bunch of you weirdos at Look Mum No Hands. Um, they are all awesome and uh you know various other things that have been going on and uh, around the traps but in order to stick to our sometimes completely completely blatantly a lie promise to be under an hour we should probably crack on so yeah so when we left you dear listener it was the end of the giro rosa the women's grand tour the only women's grand tour now after the giro rosa the peloton splits some riders go on holiday because they goodness they need a they have a well-deserved rest other riders just take the week off other riders go to germany for turingen rundfahrt which is a lovely race it's run by vera holfeld who's a former olympic cyclist german rider very strong rider teammate of ina jochen teutenberg and you aren't teammate and rival of both of them i believe and at the same time we had the benet ladies tour a cross border race in the Netherlands and Belgium. Yes. It's I... not actually an Italian race as the Bene ladies might have made you think. But... <laughs> Bene ladies. No, it's um it's all I, I really, really, really have a thing for cross border races. I have a thing for the uh, ladies tour of Norway which starts stages on this incredible bridge over a fjord that separates uh, Sweden and Norway, and they literally start on the mm. borderline. And rumor my is, ideal race is... If I... Rumour is every year Sweden actually employs some hydraulic machinery to push it out a little bit wider, so... Yeah. Oh, no, no, you don't need that with a fjord. It's all good. Anyway, the ones with hydraulic machinery in Norway, they have got, like, you know, oil money and stuff. But, um, yes, I love cross-border races. And if I could rule the world, I would be having cross-border races. The borders I would cross would be the Pyrenees. Right. But 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 if you ruled the world, wouldn't you get rid of nationalism and borders altogether? Oh, God, yeah, you're so right. Um, I'd work it out. Anyway. All right. So. Well, anyway, the, the racing that we did have actually kicked off with a prologue in Turingen. So... A prologue in Turingen. Turingen Runfar is a big, big, uh, it's a lovely race, really nice, very, very just like racing it. Prologue was 5.9 kilometres and it was won by Lisa Brenauer of Canyon Schramm. She actually won it by 12 seconds, which over 5.9k is really good, mm. ahead of Amy Peters and Olga Zabelinskaya with Elizabeth Jade Harris of Great Britain in the fourth and Ellen Van Dyke in fifth. Now, Canyon Schramm. 
they didn't have the best start to their year. They've had a pretty bad classic season. They've had lots of injuries. But it seemed to have turned around at the Giro with Hannah Barnes winning her first ever Giro Rosa stage. So yep. they were really happy to start. And this is one of their, you know, their German German team, German sponsor, lots of Germans in the team, pretty happy to start. Yes. Stage one. They yes. then... Stage one, um, they backed up the prologue win with another team win, uh, this time by our little Aussie goer, Tiff Cromwell. Now, Dan, when you say Tiff Cromwell won a stage, what do you imagine? Look, I can't go past the the apocryphal, except that it did actually happen, uh, stage in, oh, jeez, what year was it? It was like the epic 107-kilometre solo breakaway Tiff uh, Giro Rosa. Um, I want to say 2013, but I could be, I'm almost certain I'm wrong. Uh, So So it's like this huge solo attack that you're just like, that's insane. But yeah, okay, cool. Okay, she didn't win like that. How else do you imagine Tiffany Cromwell winning? Right, well, I'm also mindful of her winning a stage of the Giro Rosa last year in a very unexpected way, which was like a bunch sprint, which um, for anyone who's followed for a while, Tiff Cromwell bunch sprinting, not, not things that you you expect to be talking about in the same sentence but there we go well she didn't win like that what other ways do you imagine tiff cromwell might win a race right um well i i guess the other one is um well uh the the kind of classic everyone's you know it looks like we're, we're heading in for a bunch sprint and you know teams are starting to jockey for position get their trains organized and and that sort of thing and then then you know say five kilometers from the finish four kilometers from the finish three two one kilometers from the finish um someone just launches an insane attack that just jumps the gun turns the script on its head and upsets everybody but sticks and wins that's how she won the stage (laughs) classic tiff (laughs) i know i don't love that there are so many different tiff attacks i mean tiff attacks haven't really been working out recently and and i so i'm apart from last year's Giro rosa win oh my god but i'm really happy to see tiffany cromwell back winning i'm always happy to see her win because she's such a fun rider um congrats because i think you've just invented an amazing new hashtag tiff attacks no no that's not me that's like something i think it was one of her teammates uh invented it when she was on orica scott she was famous for her tiff attacks and also for her tiffinisms because she she has a very specific way with words yes yes well anyone who saw the the orica videos of um of road life back when tiff was on the team certainly got an eye opener um, yeah, the, I remember uh, the shoe one in particular. Jeez, that was that was hilarious. Yeah. Yes, um, yes, uh, yes. Anyway, um, stage. <laughs> so stage that, was, that was that was stage that one. Was, We're doing so good one. at keeping this to an hour. <laughs> an hour. And we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We're awesome. We're on it. We're on it. Um, stage two was a uh, road stage, heavy road stage. Breakaway went away, chased down, won by Lex Albrecht, the Canadian rider from Team Tibgo, two seconds ahead of Martina Lach of Poland and uh, six seconds ahead of Romy Kasper uh, with the break coming in, uh, with the rest of the break coming in and then the bunch coming in around 28 seconds behind her. So congratulations, Lex Albrecht. It's always good to see Tibco doing what we're coming over to Europe and doing well and, um, spoiler we're going to see more of that um stage three was uh and and uh, i just i was so happy for this because the amazingly really really good fantastic and wonderful race twitter was being done by hannah bar um hannah 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 walker 
who does the social media for Team WNT. Mm. Uh, really one of the, my favourite people. And, and Grace Metcalf, who you will know from Sweet Spots PR. And so they were partic- so it was particularly happy to see WNT's Hayley Simmons win stage three in a solo breakaway. Yeah, she had with nearly the- a minute. Yeah, with Eugenia Bujak um, of Poland in second and, and Kasia Pawlowska also riding for the Polish national team, though she's mostly both in third. So, yeah, it was um, charging, but, you know, great big bunch, uh, including Lisa Brenauer, who is still leading the GC. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, congratulations, Hayley Simmons. That was an amazing thing. Indeed. Stage four. Stage four was the individual time trial. And look, Hilly. Let me put it to you this way, Sarah. If there's a time trial in East Germany and you know that Ellen van Dijk's there, what would you predict the win would be? Well, I don't know because I would actually say Lisa Blenauer. Anyway, so Helly Simmons was actually in the yellow jersey at this time, which was even better. But no, won by Lauren Stevens of Tipco. Wow. I mean, what a, what a, again, just echoing what you'd said about Lex, like we're going to see more and more of the American teams coming over and doing well. And it's interesting because we were talking a couple of weeks ago about UHC making such an effort and, and um, bringing their riders over and, and competing. Um, and it's really cool to see Tibco doing exactly the same job and, you know, getting, getting wins. Yep. Uh, Lauren Stevens winning the ITT one second ahead of Ellen Van Dyke. Mm. and six seconds ahead of Lisa Blenauer. But because Hayley Simmons was like 50 seconds behind the leader, it meant that Lisa Blenauer was back in yellow. Cool. Stage five. Stage five. Now, you just said UHC winning. Right. Taylor Wilds of UHC won stage five. One second. One second ahead of the bunch. Which was led home by Ellen Van Dyke, which made two stages in a row that she came second on by one second. But it was also a bit of a messy stage at the end because Taylor had been out in a small um, group with Lauren Stevens and Ruth Winder, but it had been a bit wet and they both went down on the cobbles and Taylor managed to stay up. So um, Yeah, big crash with a lot of riders crashing out, yeah. which is always really disappointing and awful to see because you know that's that's painful. Including Tiff Cromwell going out with a hand injury going out mm. with a hand injury, and I hope everyone was all right. Um final stage, stage six, won by Skylar Schneider if, of um the USA yeah. national team, also on a foray. There's a lot of USA teams on the forays over here, but if you are Skylar Schneider and you're eighteen years old. 18 years old maybe maybe 19 years old um if you're Skylar Schneider and you come over for you know your your, your college holidays are on what am I going to do I'm going to come over <laughs> and I'm going to win a stage of the my first UCI win yep um really really fantastic ride for her she's she's a rider who's got tons of promise with Alison Jackson the Canadian triathlete of B Pink and Rushley Buchanan the uh, Kiwi uh, from UHC mm. they were Basically, it's another groupy thing. Um, I just also want to shout out about Micah Bugard in the sixth, who's another very young rider. So that was the that was, Tullingen run part. That was the stages. Um, the final GC, we had Lisa Brunauer, uh managed to hold on for the overall win. Uh, Ellen Van Dyke in second, 19 seconds back. And Hayley Simmons actually came in third on the podium at 35 seconds behind Lisa. So, well done. Trixie Warwick, um, fourth. Taylor Wiles, fifth. Yep. All good. And, you know, great for Canyon Shram. It's very important Mm. to them. Now, over in 
the Netherlands slash Belgium cross border races, Bene Ladies Tour. Uh, it started out as a two ray, two you know one of those two day races that has double double stages, and it's expanded out now to a four stage race. But again, it has a double stage day. Yep. No, a one two. Five stage race. Sorry, it gets really confusing because they start with a prologue, then they have stage one, then they have yep. stage two A, then they have stage two B, then you have stage th- stage three. It's like, oh my god, where are we? So, um, stage one was a prologue, a very very short prologue, one point yeah. nine kilometer, was won by Nettie Edmondson, four seconds over one point nine kilometers ahead of Yannicka Ensing of Ali Cipollini and Eleanor Barker of Great Britain. Um, I think riding with the Breeze team, but. I get a bit confused because she also rides for Matrix Pro, Matrix Pro Cycling, but she right. was down as riding breeze in this. And I'm, I'm, I'm always confused. Right. Probably Great Britain, let's say. Well, let's say that, um, yeah. Um, I know Nettie is really enjoying um, this year focusing more on the road um, and having a bit of a break from, from the heavy track schedule that she has done over the last couple of years in the lead up to the Rio Olympics. So um, always fun for, for her to get a short prologue and, and a bit of a gap. Yeah. Now, one of the dramas you may have listened last week, I spoke to Mariana Voss, uh, who's so generous with her time. This is a humble brag. This may be the <laughs> humble brag episode. I spoke to Mariana Voss because Mariana Voss was back racing five and a half weeks after she crashed in the Ovo Energy Women's Tour and mm. broke her collarbone. Yeah, yeah. Maybe five weeks at this point. Mariana Voss also crashed during the during the um, the, the, the the prologue. Um, and she has this picture of herself on the on the on the rollers afterwards, holding up her bloody arm with a kind of resigned look on her face, and something like, "When you're a bit too eager to get back to work." Yes, right. And Voss came in third from the bottom, forty six seconds back. Yeah, well, so when, when they when they uh, you know first came up with the saying, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I don't think crashing out is what they meant you know no yeah so maybe maybe just ease back in next time mariana you know just, just... Uh, yeah but you know that this is mariana she yeah, I, I don't she's, got, she... she's got two speeds passed out and full gas that's it so, yeah, yeah yeah and it's always disappointing when when you know for, 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 for mariana to crash if you can hear things in the background dear listener this is my neighbors doing some of their interminable diy so i'm very sorry let's hope let's turn the microphone and hope you can't hear Stage one was a bunch was a was a um, was a well. It looked like it was going to be a bunch sprint. It turned out to be a two up race between Alice Barnes, also riding for the Great British Team, and Mariana Voss of WM3. And Alice Barnes won, beating Boss, pipping 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 Voss in the sprint, fifty five seconds ahead of Roxanne Fournier in the fifth, which basically shoved Mariana Voss back in with a chance in the GC, but Alice Barnes into the leaders' jersey. Wow, wow. Um, so I expect that also resulted in the the usual uh, people who don't really know what they're talking about going, oh my God, Alice Barnes, the next Marianne of Us. I might have seen a little bit of that, yes. Um, <laughs> I, Look, I don't think it's... it's a, the it's trouble no is, it's when... It's to win a sprint against Voss. Like, I don't want to take anything away from Alice Barnes, but, like, you've literally just talked about how Marianne is coming back from a broken collarbone, and that was a, that was a serious break. It wasn't like a simple pin it and be back on the bike in a couple of days deal. It was, you know, several weeks off. Um, and then a crash at the start of this race, like... Like, it's not like it's peak Mariana. And, you know, and it's also a huge amount of pressure to put on Alice. Like, 
Yeah, no, no, this is my this is my thing about this. I think people are, you know, there's this kind of impetus from British cycling fans, and I mean that with like capital B, capital C, you know, British cycling, the organisation fans, <laughs> who expect complete lunacy of our riders and can't almost celebrate them for what what their achievements are. So yes, congratulations, Alice Barnes. Um, next stage, stage two A, you know, two days two day sprint, two day stage. It's a ninety eight kilometer race, mm-hmm. won by another Brit, Eleanor Barker. Wow. Awesome. One second ahead of, Mar- of a bunch brought in by Mariana Voss with Alicia Gonzalez Blanco of Lowentech in the third place. Um, which, you know, with the intermediate sprint bonnies, push Mariana Voss further up the GC. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, wow. this is, but this is the day. So, this is like, at this point, British cycling fans were going completely crazy and justifiably so in this case because we'd had Alice Barnes winning a stage the day before yep. and this stage. Hayley Simmons, um, Hayley Simmons winning a stage in Tullingen and Eleanor Barker winning a stage in um, Benet, which, you know, is is yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's a pretty good week for, for the fans back home. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were kind of expecting, oh, well, it's the ITT in the afternoon. So, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, they'll probably win that too. But no, um, ITT won by Mariana Voss. Hey. Ahead of a teammate, Monique Teneglo, with Nettie Edmondson in third place, six seconds behind Voss. So, having a really fun GC thing. Mariana Voss in the GC leader's jersey. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Just Five enough. and a half weeks after breaking her collarbone. So, final stage, bunch sprint, won by Mariana Voss. <laughs> uh, just to seal the deal, yep. She crashed in this stage too. I mean, Voss was very crashy this week. It's very unlike Voss to crash. And I hope she's not anxious or nervous or back too soon. But yeah, Marianne Voss, WM3, bump sprint, Monique van der Rey of um, Lens World, and Susanna Anderson of High Tech Products, who's a first year elite uh, rider. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> the drama of Marianne Voss's life, starting with a crash and losing 46 seconds, Marianne Voss wins the Benet Ladies Tour, 23 seconds ahead of Alice Barnes and 45 seconds ahead of Nettie Edmondson, riding for Wiggle High Five with Amelia Fawlein, also of Wiggle, 54 seconds, Monique Teniglo, Marianne Voss's teammate, 55 seconds, and Yannicka uh, in fifth, Yannicka Rensing, Eleanor Barker, Elise Delzen, Susanna Anderson, Frieda Knudsen in 10th place. Wow. Cool. So, yeah, that was a bit of a romp. Uh, we also had a, a load of racing in Canada mm. because they've got the British Columbia Super Week, which has all kinds of races, all kinds of exciting races. But the UCI race is the White Spot Delta Road Race, won by Tipco's Kendall Ryan, ahead of Lizzie Williams um, of Hagen's Berman Supermints, Australian, and kiwi holly edmonston in third place and that's like picking up some nice uci points there cool and we've had various other bc bc super super week rides races it's that you know they've had a tour the tour de white rock which was um which is which uh was i think maybe still in play maybe who knows who who actually won it but the stages were won by um josie talbot Yep. Uh, Christy Lay and Joel Newmanville. Cool. <sighs> Good old Canada. But, hmm. Oh Canada. Um, I don't know this song. Um, but then we come to not just one of the not just the biggest race of the week, 
I would say, one of the biggest races of the year. Yeah, now this is a super interesting one um, for me, just because even over its brief history, this race has just held so much controversy for me, and I'm not entirely sure how much of my hat I have to eat, but I'm pretty certain I have to eat a fair bit of it after this. Well, sort of. Sort of. So what we're talking about is La Course by Le Tour de France. This is one of the very few races that ASO, the biggest race organisers in the in the world, put on for women. And it's been a bit controversial. I mean, it's the fourth year. It's been controversial every year. And the thing that's interesting about it is that while a lot of it is annoying, it is symbolically so important for women's cycling. Mm. And it's simultaneously frustrating and important. And it's one of those things where before the races happen, it can be quite frustrating to talk about. But on the day, they are just phenomenal and fun because of the symbolism. But I don't think that you can really... And I think they can both be frustrating and incredibly inspiring at the same time. Yeah. And I, uh... and I think that actually you can't start banging on about the symbolism until it's actually happened, you know, until it's actually there. So I don't think you need yeah, to eat your no, hat so much. That's a good point. Just acknowledge Thank that you. things are complicated. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll totally accept it as Schrodinger's race, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's not just, it's not even Schrodinger's race. It's like beforehand, it feels like it's a sideshow and an afterthought. Mm. And this year, I mean, because the races on the Champs-Élysées have been very, very short, um, normally women's races. This year, we've we've had like some over 140, 150 kilometers for if you're yeah. London. So not, when you have races that are in this uh, category of, um, well, it's 67, 73 kilometers, you know, junior level yeah. races. They are, it is frustrating because it feels complicated. Yes. But this yep. race... This race was also complicated. I mean, at, at I think, the start... I was just going to say, I think the other part that makes it super complicated for me is just that it's impossible to forget that, you know, we used to have the Tour de Feminine, that, that you know, there's one of the things that, that is deeply problematic about this whole situation is that there used to be a women's tour, you know, and, and so one day of racing does not a tour make. And, yeah... I mean, that's the, that's the other thing, is that when you're the ASO who have who are just in a different class of race mm. organisers to absolutely everything else in the world, to not have a stage race and for it not to become a stage race is very frustrating. And, yeah, and, and so... And, and while I have issues with the Champs-Élysées race, there was something very symbolically um, incredible for women to be able to ride on the Champs-Élysées yeah. in front of the Tour de France crowds. And it, we were a bit worried that going up the Col d'Isoard would be, would be a letdown, yeah? Well, my big fear when they announced it was, was and I, you know, this is actually one thing that I, I will still, hand on my heart, 100% criticise. I think the way they announced their plans for this year was really, really shitty because there was no clear information about are we going to see it live? Are they going to be like, like what's happening? Where does, how does this work? How does it fit in? What are we getting? And so it was impossible to tell when it was announced. Yep. The women are getting a 67 kilometer um, stage, uh, climbing up the, the last part of Alpe d'Isard. You know, it, it's uh, cold. It, it, it was just a, a shit show in terms of 
what does this even mean? I don't know what's going to happen now. You know, and I was my big fear was that it was going to be shunted to, you know, this this one short climb that wouldn't be covered live and you know, we wouldn't be able to see it and it would just be, you know, pushed into a corner and, and left. And, you know, as as you say, you know, you get to race day and the reality is much better than your worst fears. But I had I had, I had bad fears to live on for a while and I have a vivid imagination and it wasn't very fair of ASO. <laughs> well, the other problem is that back in the end of February, uh, no, I think it might have even been after the season started, they announced that La Course this year would be a two-race thing. Yeah. And this is where the problem lies, because Calderwood, so we don't have enough mountain races, and I think one of, for, for women's cycling, so going up an Alp is very exciting, and it means a lot more than for the men who get to go up Alps all the time in the Giro and the and, yeah. and the Tour. It's just standard. You're a man, man racer, you expect to ride up an Alp at least once a year, you know? Um, what they said was they were going to they decided to introduce a second part of the race where it's an alpine race which is built for climbers right mm. but some riders and they were very dubious they were very loose they were very loose in their information yep. would get to ride day two which is a pursuit which will be on the same the course as the men's um the men's uh Time trial. Uh, IT, time, time trial course in Marseille. Yeah. And it was just and no more information than that. And you're like, well, and... this doesn't... Well, first of all, it looked like, like, it looked like the Anna van der Brega Invitational because Anna van der Brega <laughs> is probably, you know, probably the best climber and probably the best ITT rider in the world, right? And um, she consistently... And she was, you know... But then it turned out she's not riding. Yeah, yeah. Which was but, pretty fascinating, but the but the but the basic fundamental problem of so, but the, it, how I think it's going to work, I think it's going to work, is the top twenty riders who finished on the Col d'Isoard will ride the pursuit, and they'll ride it with their start times based on their times they finished the race. So, for example. That- Except that they they had a caveat there that um, it was the top twenty or those who finished within inside a five minute time limit, and they have now, they have exercised yes. that. So yes, yes, yes. They originally caveated it, and that was because I think they didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. So we do have this, um, this, yeah, it, it was, it was, I mean, that was very confusing because like people didn't know who was going to get to ride, yep. but also you've got this thing about, so basically it's a pursuit race. It's, it's basically exactly like the hammer series is what it is. It's a response yeah. to the hammer series. And, no, and where that's the other thing that gave me the shits because it reeks of gimmickry and I'm not a fan of gimmickry for its own sake. Yeah. So basically you start, if you finish, minutes behind the uh the the the, 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 the winner it's yeah. not a stage not a stage race dan don't yeah. say stage winner because it's not a stage race <laughs> well what what's the technical term for a race that has more than one race day the race winner the day the, winner the, the race winner the day the day that, winner that the it's not times, a stage race the start times of the second race are dependent on the no first race. no no people keep saying this and it's really really important so the first race is a the Isward 
is a race that is part of the Women's World Tour, yeah? And riders who do well in it will get World Tour points and they'll get UCI points, yeah? Um, the second day, although the starting is based on the first day, the second day isn't even UCI registered. So it is. It's just pure gimmickry. It's just fucking fuckery. I, yeah. It's, so, so, but let me finish explaining how it works. So, if I finish one minute behind the winner on Izuard, I start the pursuit one minute behind the leader, the person who, you know, the, 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 the winner. Yep. And it's not a time trial. It's the first person who crosses the line will win the race. Yep. Yep. Okay. So it's a chase the rabbit kind of a deal. Chase rabbit kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, interesting doing pursuits with climbers. They're on road bikes on a time trial course. Yeah. It, it, oh God. This just, there's so much about this that can just really, really not work. I mean, it could I mean, work. It could work brilliantly. It could be super entertaining, but it could also just really not work. It's, it's, it's an interest. I mean, it, it's, I, I, sometimes I worry that I'm unpleasable. Yeah. <laughs> because on the one hand, I'm pissed off that Hammer Series started and they started without involving women at all. I don't get it. I don't see the rationale behind not involving women. Um, uh, As an aside for, for my benefit, because I think I was away when it was on. Did anyone actually watch the Hammer Series? Like, you know? Dear listener, did you did you watch the Hammer series, dear listener? Because I didn't watch the Hammer series. I mean, I'm yeah. not watching something that's men only. Like, yeah, I mean, fair, that's fair just point, fair point. I'm, uh, I am genuinely curious though. So if you do know, feel free to to hit us up on the on the site and and tell us all about it at prowomenscycling.com. No, tell Dan on at Dan W Official on Twitter and me at PW Cycling. No, I mean I would be interested to know what you thought about it, mm. dear listener, because I, I I didn't watch it. I don't even know if I can remember when it when it was because it just it just annoyed me so much that you can start we're going to be new and exciting and innovative, which is how they frame it. It's fresh and it's brilliant and you're like, oh it's 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 set it's in the, the Stone same. Age, man. It's the same old self-serving bullshit it's always been. It's so, just, anyway. these are the problems behind it. Mm. However, however, those are the problems. It's also an incredible race, yeah? Like, you know that, okay, so it's it's got this weird thing. And the majority of the teams went into it going... Are we going to care about the second pass of the race? No, we're not. We are just going to hit up Izuard as hard as possible. Yeah. And we haven't had any big climbing races this year in the Giro. Sorry, in, in the season at all. Yeah, um, not even in the back Giro. In the day, yeah. back, in the, back in the day, there used to be the um, the, the, Tour de, the, the, the women's Tour de France, the Grand Boucle. There also used to be the Tour de Lode, which was in the Pyrenees. And as we said last week in our Giro recap, every year the Giro does a different kind of race. Mm. So sometimes it's it's aimed at pure climbers with gigantic mountaintop finishers. Sometimes it's putting in a mix of mountaintop finishers and climbs and descents. Yep. Um, so you might have the big climb in the middle of the stage and then a rush to the ends. And then sometimes it is hilly rather than mountainous. Yep. So, 
this is we don't know and, and it was delightful having arguments with people on twitter in the lead up to it where they're like oh my god yeah Annemiek van Vleuten is definitely the best climber in the world and it's like yes but no what about the Amakamin Biro where you know three yeah. oracle riders went, went went into the last stage in the top three in the GC and Ashley Moorman Passio, who's not Orica, Orica, came out <laughs> as a winner. Oh, no, but that was just because Annemiek van Vleuten was sick. Yes, but Ashley Moorman Passio was sick during the Giro, etc., etc., etc. It was so much fun. But the best thing about this race is we just don't know. Yeah. We say it all the time. The big women's races, although we've got you know numbers of women's races aren't as dire as they used to be, the big women's races have disappeared from um, France and Spain and Italy and they've reappeared in Belgium and the Netherlands and Britain. Yep. Which sadly don't have mountains. So A, B, the Alps. Now I know that people are going to be going, oh but Sarah, you know, um the Tour de l'Ardèche went up or oh, the Route de France went up um Mont Ventoux last year. Yes, yes it did, but the Tour de l'Ardèche is not a big race. It's not a big huge um or Route de France, whichever one was. They're not big stage races with the biggest best climbers in the world in there. They're still impressive mm. and fantastic. Mm. But it's a completely different thing because they happen in August when most of the big riders are taking their summer breaks because you have yeah. to take a summer break sometime. You don't get exactly. your Annemiek van Vleuten versus Anna van der Brega on in those races. Exactly. And they're, they're not they're particularly well organised either. Exactly. They're resetting um, for worlds, you know, like they're taking a break and getting ready for another another peak in performance for September. So it's it's a different set of racing for those races, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. Like, I think you summed it up really well before when you said, you know, there's all of that stuff that you go through emotionally or I go through emotionally because I'm a very emotional person um, <laughs> before the race. And then and then the starting gun goes off and the live images are there and you're just like, holy fuck, this is great. This is just so great. This is just so yeah. great. Yeah. Now, the reason it was 67 kilometers this time is there is an there is an excuse so the men's stage it's the same road same start same finish as the men's stage starting in Biancon and ending on the Col d'Isoard now the men ride down they head south and they do a loop with two more climbs in it before they head up um Isoard yep. and that's about 167 kilometers but right. the way the roads are in the Alps to start in Briançon and finish up Isoard they had to kind of you know, they go down on the same point and then they just take a road, a, a, detour, a detour off it, yeah? Right. And then just hit up his heart. So that meant it was roughly 35 kilometres, 36 kilometres of, um, well, foothilly places. Right. You know, parts yeah. of it were flat, but there was descending, there was a little run. And then you have 31 kilometres of climb. Uh, the, first, the first half of it, the first 15 or so kilometres are... Um, you know they're, they're like average 2.4 percent so it's right. tough but it's not yep. it's not it's not non-stop and then the second half 14 kilometer climb up is really kicks off the last 10 kilometers are average 10 percent gradient there's a little dip at about um two and a half k to go and then it's like straight up to the top yep. and it's and it's at altitude so that's difficult because yep. you know altitude is altitude is unusual uh for the women the and yes and it's pretty much so. Although you're sitting there going, "Oh, ten percent," that doesn't sound like much, Sarah. Yeah, but you know, do they, that at two thousand meters and tell me how it feels then. Yeah. Well, also, you know, there was a thirty percent 
gradients in the Giro Rosa. Yep. I'm ITT, but there's a difference between doing you know 30% gradients over 400 meters and doing a 10% gradient solidly for 10 kilometers. Yeah, yeah. So it is. It is just, and it's, and they, um, and the, so they start off, they start racing. There are tons of attacks, and it is super fast. It is way faster than the UCR. Every time you have a race, they give you a slow schedule, a medium schedule, and a fast schedule. It is super attacky. There are continual attacks pinging off the front as they kind of head down from Briançon. None of them get away. Like hardly, they can hardly even stay out for like more than a couple of minutes. It's just brutal because, you know, if you aren't the best climber in the world, getting halfway up the, the Col d'Isoard <laughs> gives you an advantage. Uh, if you're a domestique, getting halfway up the Col d'Isoard means you can help your team leader. Yep. But you had a couple of big teams on the front continually. Bowles Dolman's doing a lot of controlling and WM3 keeping the pace very high because their climber, Cassia Nuadoma, is a pure climber. And they both obviously had a plan where they didn't want anything to get away. Bowles Dolman's mm. chasing almost everything down. Yeah, yeah. Like just very, um, not even, I wouldn't classify it even as aggressive, but assertive on the front of the race. Like just really, really putting the foot down and going, we're in charge and, and, it's going the way we want it to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, they hit the bottom of the climb of the of, of Isuard, and almost immediately, Linda Willemsen attacks. Which I have to say um, was like my favorite thing to, to just see because she got out to like nearly a minute at one point, and like Linda Willemsen is like she's a time trialist. She's she's not it's not that she can't climb, it's that you know, it's not her it's not her go to discipline. Well, no, you're wrong. Oh she is a time trialist and for the last few years Linda Willemsen has been basically not racing very many races and deliberately focusing on the time trial world championships. Because for That's five years in a row No no no, wait. For five years in a row Linda Willemsen was on the ITT World Championships podium, but never had won. And then in 2015, having changed her focus, won ITT World Champs. But about five or six years ago, when you were in hilly mountainy races, Linda Willemsen would do mad suicide attacks in the mountains and was known for basically attacking in the climbs. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Well, there you go. So... Well, in any case, I just loved it as the as the classic, you know, like you said, just getting out there to try and, you know, it's a lot easier to finish in the top 20 if you uh, do the first half of the final climb on your own way out in front. Well, it also, Linda Villanson is the type of rider who could actually win from an attack like this. Like, the thing is, is we have no idea of her form. Um, Linda Willemsen uh, is riding for Velo Concepts, but she hasn't ridden, a, she has only ridden the Giro Rosa this year. Right. Because she doesn't race. She hardly yep. races. She, she's, she's a superstar, so she can pick and choose what she races. She is a very quiet, very private rider. She's Danish, a Danish-born, uh, New Zealand citizen, very quiet rider, just, you know, gets on with it. So Linda Valinson attacks and she is there and she has this completely fantastic, um, uh, just complete look of calm, ha almost happiness. She's not quite whistling a happy tune as she pounds up the start of Isuard. She's just, 
She's just there, calm, controlled, collected. Behind her, the race just shreds. And while she's being chased down, and especially chased down by Bulls Dolmans, who are sticking, and they've been, you know, already Chantal Block and Christina Mayuris have been doing a ton of work and they get on the front, but eventually they're dropped because it just becomes, you know, they've just, they've worked themselves to the bone as a good domestique would. And you have Lizzie Danon on the front of the peloton, pretty much almost continually behind Lizzie Damon, Danon, all the stars of climbing. You have um, Ashley Mulman Passio from Cervelo Bigler. You have, uh, Shari Gillow from Francais de Jure, FDJ. You have Elisa Longo Borghini from Wiggle High Five, Annemiek van Vleuten from Orica Scott, uh, and her own teammate Megan Guarnier, who it's pretty clear is Lizzie Dayton is working for today. And Cassia Newadoma. Cassia Newadoma of WM3. They pile up the mountain. It's getting close to the what, what people say in the first 15 kilometres is warm up, the second 14 kilometres is the race. Now, as they go up, they're dropping riders all the time. It is spectacular scenery. They're, you know, you're in the Alps. You're in the lower slopes of the Alps. And the Tour de France have decided that on this climb, they were going to restrict where spectators could go. And that's because they wanted this, these visuals of just pure climbers in the mountains. Yep. And they're riding up this beautiful, you know, this valley with this blue river thundering down the middle of it they're going through tunnels they're curving around you know curving around on the edge of this mount on the edge of this alp getting higher and higher riders are shed off the back there's probably about 40 riders at this point chasing Linda Willemsen and then we start to get attacks and we start to get attacks from a Lenswell Quota rider. We start to get attacks from the Colombian rider, Ana Cristina Sanabria Sanchez and Rosella Ratto from Silence Pro Cycling. And they chase them down. They're chasing them down. At the same time, Lizzie Danon is leading this group of riders. And Bowles are just putting all their effort into chasing mm. chasing Linda Willemsen with the rest of the riders. Is it a case of they're not working or is it a case that they can't work? Because riders are being shed everywhere. Yeah. They hit the climb proper. This group of three sheds, catches Linda Willemsen, and then the group catch happens, and then they then it's game on. And they're riding up the mountain, and all the time it's Lizzie Danon from Bowles Dolmans on the front, who just did that thing where she just stepped up her tempo. She she just started pedaling faster and made it look so so incredibly easy, except that suddenly you know like you say riders were already being dropped but but suddenly like like you know entire rain clouds of riders were being dropped it was just it was just insane not just riders being dropped but some really big names being dropped because suddenly where is ashley mormon passio mm. where is cassia Newadoma? Like, these are people who are top favourites, absolute top favourites. Amber Neben, who we thought might be a favourite, dropped. Um, and Willemsen dropped. And you've got this very small select group coming up as they kind of hit the, the, the curves. It's just brutal. So in this group, you've got Lizzie Dane on the front with Megan Guarnier, her teammate. And Megan Guarnier's at the back of the group. And I'm like, is she sandbagging? Yeah. She's rubber banding uh, a bit. It's yeah. like, wow. Yeah. You've got Shara Gillow and Eri Unanimi of um, FTJ. Mm. You've got uh, Amanda Spratt and Annemiek van Vleuten of Orica Scott. You've got Lauren Stevens of Tipco, yeah. who we know is a time trialist. Anna Cristina Sanabria Sanchez, the, um, the Colombian yeah. from Cerveta Justa. Cassian Yodoma stays with that group, but you know isn't doing, isn't doing particularly well. And 
Sabrina Stoltians was up there for a while from Sunweb, uh, mm-hmm. Leah Kirkman from Sunweb, Yannick Ensing, but they were dropped off. And Paulina Fran Prevost was up there for a bit. Yep. And they come out of the fan-free zone and into the zone with the fans where people start cheering them. But soon they drop the fans and they're going up. It's called the Cast Desert, the just the desert plain at the top. It's just, it's like the surface of the moon. You know, as you get higher the vegetation stops working and there are these extraordinary rock formations and it's just beautiful. And they're riding and the group is getting smaller. The group is getting smaller. We're down to Elisa, Elisa Longo Borghini and Mick van Vleuten. Lizzie Danen still on the front. Yep. Um, Megan Gua- Shari Gillo, Megan Guarnier drops back. And this is the point where Lizzie Danen starts to worry because for Lizzie Dane and she's done so, so much work. Her teammate who she's working for obviously isn't up there. Oh my God, what is she going to do? And we're getting kilometers down almost every kilometer. Riders are falling off the back. There are kilometer post cycling milestones all the way up the mountain. So riders absolutely know where they are. Yeah. Yep. And then at 4.5 kilometers, Annemiek van Vleuten attacks. And boy, does she attack now lizzie danen obviously has a poker face annemiek van vleuten doesn't (laughs) that is very true that is very true and van vleuten attacks and goes off at 4.5 kilometers to go and at this point they're coming to the top of the mountain it's still in this 10 percent thing but it's all these long curves so you can see where everyone else is but you can see them around the side of the curve and i'm commentating with rochelle gilmore and she said at this point she says to riders don't look up because you'll see how much you've still got to go and it's just going to devastate you and your mind will crumble yeah van vleuter van, van vleuter attacks lizzie danen tries to respond but can't elisa longo borghini tries to respond that can't and they're racing and they're spread out along the road. And basically, Annemiek van Vleuten looks like she's got it. She has a tiny rough moment where she slips her chain mm, um, mm. again, um, recovers from it. And then you get to that point where you're under the last kilometre banner to go and here the crowds are cheering you on and screaming for you. You're coming to 500 metres and here she knows that she's won. She's just completely given everything she is she's won the prize of the top climber of 2017 she's come back from her hideous injury last year in in the in the rio olympics she's she's been doing a lot of altitude training for this moment she was so doing so well in the giro rosa you know out there up in the top a real gc contender until a stupid loss loss of focus on one day made she missed the break on the echelon day then she came back with her extraordinary unbelievable itt but still ended up third overall has won la course by the france it was awesome it was just it was a stunning attack at the just the right moment like you say there was so much unknown about who was going to be good and who was who was suffering and, and couldn't keep up versus who was just sitting back and waiting. And then, you know, Anamik's attack was just brilliant and, and so oh, it was just I loved it. I loved every bit of that, that last ten kilometers. It was just amazing. And I tell you though, I, I <laughs> Orica I mean, if I was Anamik, I'd be damn sure that, you know, making sure that Orica are looking very closely at the components provider for the team. Because this is the second race 
that that she's had, you know, because it was that ITT where she had the chain drop and, you know, the team mechanic nearly lost a finger trying to get it back on while she's rolling. Um, you know, and to drop that chain again on this climb, oh my god, my heart leapt. I was just, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, incredible. So, obviously, it's not just about the winner. And behind Van Vleuten is two very different riders. Lizzie Danen, who is a classics rider, who we just would not expect to be doing well on a climb this hot. I would never have expected it. And but and she's also worked so, so hard for Megan Guarnier, who has dropped. And then you've got diesel climber, Elisa Longo-Borghini, who's just, you know, who hasn't got that powerful acceleration of, 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 Liz, of Lizzie Danen. Lizzie Danen is manages to pull away from Elisa Longo-Borghini and finish second. Awesome. And finishes with the most peak Lizzie interview that I've ever seen. I mean, Lizzie Danen, she's she's not a rider who, when a camera is stuck in her face after a race, is giving considered interviews. She's not one of those <laughs> riders like she's not someone like Mariana Voss who will have a nice word for everyone. Lizzie Danen, peak Lizzie. So Lizzie, what did you think? Well, you know, I really surprised myself. I should have had more confidence in myself. Um, I was riding for my teammate who put her hand up but you know clearly wasn't in the right you know clearly couldn't do it or something like that nice diss to your teammate Lizzie um what do you think of the race um well you know I like riding the Alps but it was organized really badly um it was a bit of an afterthought and they go what you know were you thinking and they said to the one of the first things said well you know are you thinking about you know of course the are you thinking about Saturday and she went what what that thing <laughs> that thing and she's like no 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 um she's like, well you know i'm not really a time trialist but i get to ride my road bike on it. So that plays my strength maybe we'll just ride together and it was just peak lizzie she she had a disc for everyone including herself but for some reason she does it in a way that's actually quite charming well i think the thing about it is that it's it's so unassuming like you know it's not malicious and it's not you know it's not um trying to knock someone down it's just what she thinks like, and i just... wish i wish i wish she wouldn't have a diss for her teammates because everyone including lizzie danen has had a day where the team has worked 100 percent mm. for her and just wasn't finishing and now it just didn't me- work yeah now megan guarnier had fallen off the back and we thought she was nowhere we just assumed that uh elisa longo borghini was going to come in third right but yep. suddenly you look down the back and there's this, there's this like orange jersey of doom with Megan Guarnier speeding up that last bit. Megan Guarnier is very good at the final, um, at the final, uh, pulling it all out for a kind of a final surge on a mountain. That's like her superpower. Yeah. Uh, Elisa Longo Borghini is a, is a diesel climber, and Shara Gillow closing on 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 on, on Elisa Longo on, on Elisa Longo Borghini. It's like was she even going to get third? But no, Elisa. You know, it's all foreshortening, camera foreshortening. Elisa Longo Borghini had finished in third, one twenty three behind Van Vleuten. Megan Guarnier fourth, one twenty eight. Shara Gillow fifth, one thirty three. Amanda Spratt one forty one. Lauren Stevens. Oh my God, Lauren Stevens one fifty one. Yeah. Anna Cristina Sanabria Sanchez, two twenty four in eighth on Colombia's National Day. Nice. She's a rider. I don't think she's ever ridden in Europe before. She rode the Giro. Yeah, yeah. She's no, literally she's... her first. Um, 
Cassian Yodoma was ninth, 258. Hannah Nilsson from BCC City Ljubljana. Wow, what a ride. 304. Um, Unanimi, 11th. I'll just go through it because the top 20 gets yep. a ride. Um, Unanimi, 11th. Ashley Moomin-Passio, 12th. Yannicka Ensing, 13th. Sabrina Stultians. That's an amazing ride. Um, 14th. And then there's four riders who are going to start together on the this pursuit, the thing. Leah Kirkman, Paulina Framprovo, Cecilia Udrup Ludwig, and Ursa Pintar of BTC City Ljubljana. Bowles as Caroline Cannawell in nineteenth and Rossello Ratto in twentieth. Yeah, now uh, I saw... finishing five minutes oh eight behind the winner. Yeah, at five oh eight. And also on five oh eight was Nikola Noskova Nos- for yeah. evening. Um but I saw a, a thing on Twitter um this morning, my time uh, saying that apparently they've exercised the five-minute time cut, and so Rosella's not getting to start. So it's actually night oh. riders. I mean, I guess that might that does make sense because you know there's two riders on the same time with two Rosella on the same time, and I think you know realistically, Rosella's not catching Animeek with a five-minute deficit. Well, really. the thing is, I mean, here's the thing: Animeek van Vleuten is one of the top ITT riders in the world. She and Lauren Stevens share the same problem. And that problem is they come from countries with really good time trialists. Yep. Um, Anna van Vleuten is competing against Anna van der Breger and Ellen van Dijk for places in the Worlds and the Olympics. Now, in the past, van der Breger and van Dijk have been better at her ITTing. But since she had that, she had that terrible crash in the Rio Olympics where she, you know, basically would have won the Olympic Games. Yep. No question had she not crashed and she said it really really messed with her mind she fractured a vertebrae she was you know we all thought she was literally dead i mean no you know that's no exaggeration i thought that it she was, was dead or not, not sitting up yeah pretty much the worst crash i've seen yeah and and one yeah. of the worst cycling moments i've ever seen like like it's you know obviously you know, wuta whalen's death is a really important thing but yeah um she said that she was coming back and it's given her fresh you know, fresh belief in what she can do and fresh ambition from a rider who thought she was like coming to the end of her career. She's actually changed her mind a little bit. So Annemiek van Vleuten, she starts 43 seconds ahead of Lizzie Danen, one minute 23 ahead of Elise Longo-Borghini, over a 22-1 kilometre course. I can't see anyone beating Annemiek van Vleuten unless she has another chain collapse. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. They're like, not going to be allowed to have cars on the course, are they, when they've got like... I, you know, I don't see how they can yeah, I don't see how they can in a pursuit race when, you know, like, it's not like a time trial. Like it, it's, No, and there's going to be riders all over the course. They're going to be yeah. able to bunch up. The question is, like, will, for example, Lizzie Danen and Megan Guarnier, will they, will will Megan just, like, sprint to get to Lizzie and then they'll work together? Yeah, now, yeah, exactly. Elisa Longo-Borghini starting, starting third. I would expect Elisa Longo-Borghini to end up on the podium because, you know, she's a time trialist. But Shari Gillow in fifth? Lauren Stevens mm. in seventh. They are amazing. Amanda Spratt's got a really good time yeah. trial. Then your other time trialist, Ashley Mulman Passio, where she starts three sixteen back. Um, Pauline Frampreveau was in, was a junior um, ITT European champion and a silver medalist in World ITT Junior Championships twice. And Caroline Canwell is also a very strong ITT rider, but Caroline's starting four minutes fifty back. Like yeah, yeah. So I had. What? A whale of a time commentating this race with Rochelle Gilmore on ITV Cycling. It was just stunning. I am I so, so honoured and lucky. And, and yeah. back doing it again tomorrow. So. Yeah, back doing it again tomorrow. It starts 12 UK time, um, 1 o'clock 
European time, uh, 9 p.m. your time, Daniel. Yep. And yeah, um, what, 7 a.m. Uh, uh, North time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's not the only reason you were in London, is it? Like, you had a great old catch up with some mates who look mum no hands. I went down to London to do a talk at London. Now, if you don't know Look Mum No Hands, they're a fantastic bicycle coffee shop and bar. It's basically world famous because I'm from Australia and I know of it. So, Yeah, they famous. have always supported women's cycling. They used to have a Look Mum No Hands team, a uh, road mm. team. Uh, I, you might remember during the Giro Rosa, they do a rider results competition, which yep. they've done for the men's racing, and we did it for the Giro, where you just predict where a rider's going to finish um, in in a stage, and you can win prizes. They did it again for Turingen with uh, Hannah Walker picking picking rider names. You know, they 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 have lots and lots of amazing talks, and they're just generally lovely. Like they're really nice. And, and big shout out to Alex Alex Davis, who is their social media just genius and she also runs her podcast the wheel suckers podcast with jenny guirzalski of the london bike kitchen and you know you should definitely listen to that podcast they're hilarious and alex (laughs) is just she's just one of the good ones you know she's one of the she's just genuinely interested and interesting and committed to just making cycling more fun yeah Cool. So it's an honour to talk there. And big shout out to everyone. I am so sorry. There's all these people who afterwards I realised they went and I totally didn't recognise you guys. And it's it's because I am I have terrible eyesight and, you know, I can't really put together the icons. And I should have asked your names. And, oh, so hello. Hello. Hello, listeners. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry I didn't go. Oh, my God, I know who you are. Yes, you have that amazing. Oh, yes, yes. And, and that was that was that was kind of disappointing. But because I love you all. And it was always like this amazing pleasure to meet people. I, I never really believe that anyone listens to the podcast. So it's always a massive pleasure and an honor to meet people who are podcast listeners afterwards. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, um, Gosia said, I, one of the things we talked about was Claudio Cretti, who had that awful mm. crash in the Giro Rosa. Yeah. And I said, I, I don't know if there was an update on her. And Gosia, who was there at the talk, Gosia said, that she pointed us to the Ella Cycling Tips article that says that um, Claudia Cretti, she was put into an induced coma and she was kept in the coma for long, you know, she was in the coma for longer than they expected. But she's shown some responses. She okay. can she can open her eyes. She can move her hands when she's asked to, which right. is... Well, that's great. Well, on the one hand, it's really terrible, isn't it? Because that's, that's really serious still. And, you know, mm. it's a hell of a lot of recovery for her to go, but... On the other hand, the way that she did it, yeah. the way that she crashed 90 kilometers an hour, like this is better than we thought it it's, could. It's, yeah, it's it's very tangible and meaningful progress. I mean, as you say, there's still, still a lot of, uh, you know, bridges to cross, but, you know, very positive first signs. So that, that is heartening. Yeah, yeah. Um. This might be too late, dear listener. But one of the things that's happening this week, we've been doing the run-up for the Velo Focus book. Now, I have a there's a little bit of an ulterior motive because they have asked me to write an article for it. Yeah, and they pay out all their contributors, but that's not why I'm promoting it. I'm promoting it because I adore Velo Focus's work. Their photos are just stunning, always stunning and mm. really strong and 
they're just they're amazing and balance and sean i did an interview them a couple of weeks ago they have got right now 28 hours to go on the kickstarter for their book they've got 17,352 pounds pledged of their 20,000 pound goal they're nearly there so close you can taste it and it tastes like cycling photos it's the the fun it will only be funded if it reaches its goal by saturday july 22nd at 6:01 p.m british time so please please register now if you think i can't really afford this book you can always just pop in a pound you know a fiver or even a pound donation to them they're really really good they're 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 good people and their book is going to be beautiful Ballant hanvas has been doing cyclocross photo albums for years and they're always yep. incredibly high quality it will come by christmas so it's a great christmas present for someone exactly. so um you can go find it if you go to kickstarter.com and look up vela focus or if you go to our website prowomenscycling.com and you know you'll find the interview with balance and sean um i also recommend my interview with mariana boss last week because you know humble brag um just because we talked about how her recovery went when she crashed we also talked about her favorite giro rosa stages and moments over the years and Honestly, I could listen to Mariana talk about racing forever because she is funny. She's self-deprecating. She has a little bit of a shout out to the um, Twitter Internet Detective Club. Um, she's also talking about what she doesn't like about races, what she does like about races. And yeah, I just I would recommend that because Mariana is special. <sighs> Absolutely. And speaking of special, so are all of you. And thank you so much for joining us for this uh... <laughs> Yeah, what races have we got upcoming? Obviously, we've got the um, uh, the the thing, the the the, the, the course pursuit. So just don't call it a stage; just call it the Lacourse pursuit. That's its name, okay? Don't call it a stage. Got it. And then a week later, we've got the Prudential Ride London Grand Prix, which is also a short race. Um, but you know, again, the symbolic value of women taking over the streets of London is pretty strong. After that, we have a break because the route de France, basically all the big name, a lot of the big names go on holiday for a while. Um, coming back for the Open de Suède Vergora, which has moved up in time to be on the 11th and 13th of August. Then the Ladies Tour of Norway, the 17th to 20th of August, a stunning race. Um, GP de Plouet, another. these are all in the World Tour. GP de Plouet on the 26th of August. Bowles Rentals Ladies Tour on the 28th of August to the 3rd of September. Um, September's bonkers because you also have the Lotto Deca Tour and the Tour de l'Ardèche. Lotto Deca Tour is in Belgium for sprinters. Tour de l'Ardèche is in France for climbers. They're on at the same time. Then you have also at the same time as the Giro Toscana, the Madrid Challenge, and then world championships in stunning norway oh and european european championships in denmark basically from now on we get very scandy a bit french a bit dutch but yeah it's going to be a fantastic season super bikey the whole way so yes thank you very much for, for hanging out with us uh, we'll be back next week to catch you up on the thing and the thing the, the not stage thing and the other stuff and um yeah we'll be with you again soon as we mentioned before sarah is at pw cycling on twitter i am at dan w official and of course you can catch all of the links and other stuff on the blog which is prowomenscycling.com we'll talk to you soon <laughs> thank you very much <laughs>